much trust you've built up, you can completely trash it in one moment. And so I bring this up, of course, because trusting in the Lord is an essential part of what it means to follow Jesus. Trusting in the Lord is being able to let your heart be settled in who God is and what he has done. And that even in the midst of crises, situations, God is working and God has a plan Trust is a funny thing. What can take years to build, bit by tiny bit, can be utterly destroyed in a blink of an eye. In today's message, Pastor Daniel continues to walk you through the story of Elijah. In the midst of this crisis, you'll see that Elijah is faced with the choice to trust God and do what he says. You'll discover that like Elijah, you also have the opportunity to take God at his word and step out in faith because you know that he's got a plan. Now here's Pastor Daniel in 1 Kings chapter 17 as he begins his message, Trust and Resurrection. So one of the essential parts of life is learning how to trust. That, that's of course why our families are so important when we're younger. I remember when I was in college studying psychology, taking a, an early childhood development class and, and, and learning how, you know, it's so important uh, for touch, for being in a safe environment, all these different things. And I remember the time when we were reading about how when children, when they, when something happens to their parents and they have no one to be able to touch them and even why they created when a child is in ICU, those, those little incubators where the people can go in and touch because the touch of a person is so essential for childhood development. And I see it in my own kids, how so often when something goes on, you know, just their ability to trust me and my bride, Lynn, is such a powerful thing. I, I We just had it recently. You know, we had, we had such a beautiful early spring and, and the weather got warm. And so we opened up our pool. We had nothing else to do. And so so sure enough, we were in the pool. It's kind of cold, but but it was worth it. It was super fun. And, and our youngest, Annabelle, who's six years old, she was standing on top of the of the ladder getting into the pool. And, and before I know it, she's like, dad, catch me. And, she, and when I turn around, she's already off the ladder. And, and she just totally trusted that I was going to catch her. Now she could swim in worst case scenario. It would have been her first belly flop. Maybe not her first, but you know, we've all had those belly flops. But sure enough, I grabbed her and she hung on. She's like, I knew you'd catch me. And, and it was such a beautiful moment because it reminded me so much about how trust is so important. And, and also when things go wrong and when relationships break down, how a violated trust can have such a negative impact on our lives. And, and unfortunately, because we live in a broken world, a fallen world, so many of us have had that where, where somebody violated that trust. And, and, and when that trust breaks down, whether it's uh, parents not being uh, solid parents and hurting their children, or obviously in, in marriages and relationships, and if that's happening, I'm so sorry. You know, in a broken world, these things happen, relationships break. And trust that has been broken, it's hard to rebuild. Our executive pastor of ministry, Gabe Moreno, always likes to say that trust is built in, it's accumulated in spoonfuls and it's spent in buckets, you know, where, where trust is built a little bit every single day and then you can 
no matter how much trust you've built up, you can completely trash it in one moment. And so I bring this up, of course, because trusting in the Lord is an essential part of what it means to follow Jesus. Trusting in the Lord is being able to let your heart be settled in who God is and what he has done. And that even in the midst of crises, situations, God is working and God has a plan. And today, as we continue to watch the life of the prophet Elijah, we're going to see not only Elijah moving in trust, but we're going to see another person taking huge steps of faith, trusting God to live self-sacrificially in a way that normally we wouldn't want to do and how that trusting in the Lord is rewarded in some pretty amazing and unique way. So in order to get at this, I want you to open your Bibles. First Kings chapter 17. We're going to begin in verse eight, and then we're going to, uh, we're going to take ourselves all the way to verse 24. So, so first Kings chapter 17. So open up your Bible, open up a browser window. If you're new to the Bible and you're flipping through the Bible, first Kings is pretty easy to find. It's towards the beginning of your Bible, and it's right in between the book of second Samuel and the book of second Kings. And of course, I always love to remind people that, you know, chapter 17 is right after chapter 16, right before verse 18. And I'm just going to start in verse 7. Listen to what it says. It says, And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, speaking of Elijah, and said, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar and see I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from the first and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. Verse 15, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her son and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, which according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to by Elijah. Now, if you put this in context, remember that Elijah, he had declared this drought and then God sent him to the brook Cherith to be able to be provided for miraculously. And he was drinking up from the brook and, and the, and the ravens were bringing him food. But then we find out that after some time, of course, because of the, the lack of rain, the brook dries up and now God sends him Somewhere else, it says the word Lord came said, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, what we're going to learn here in this passage, it's very, very important, is that trust is exercised through generosity. 
What we learn here is that trust is actually exercised, it's on display through generosity. Now, we've already seen God proving himself trustworthy to Elijah by in the midst of this drought, by the, the birds of the air providing for him. But now the brook is dried up and God has another way to provide for Elijah. And he tells him, I want you to leave and I want you to go to this place called Zarephath. Now, Zarephath was a Mediterranean coastal town between the areas of Tyre and Sidon and the area of Phoenicia. So really, God is sending Elijah into the homeland of Queen Jezebel, who we saw was was not a good person. She's bringing idol worship, but God's like, I want to provide for you, but I want you to go to this place called Zarephath. And then he says something even more extraordinary. He says, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, a widow in that culture, unlike our culture today, was usually the poorest of the poor, and would normally have run out of food first. And so the the famine had been created by this drought. And so going to a widow for food, especially a widow in the area of Zarephath or in the area of the Sidonians, it was even more strange, right? But sure enough, what do we learn about Elijah? We, we learn that Elijah being this light in the darkness, it says in verse 10, he arose and he went to Zarephath. Now, can we just stop there for a second? Because listen, I realize that sometimes God's in his word and the way he speaks to us, he invites us into things that just don't make a lot of sense to us. And here's what I need you to know. God does not need to make sense to get his work done. And listen, I realize we live in a rational world and I am a rational girl. Like it's, it's not a, like using your brain is a good thing, except when your rational thoughts violate the scriptures. And sometimes God invites us, oftentimes God invites us to live in a way that isn't very rational. Like in the midst of a drought, Elijah going to Zarephath did not make any sense. Elijah going to Zarephath and looking for a widow, that didn't make any sense. But sure enough, because God has shown himself trustworthy in the life of Elijah, Elijah just gets up and goes. And look at what happens. As he goes, it says, and when he had come to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and he said to her, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and he said, please give me some morsel of bread in, in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and for my son that we may eat and die. See, Elijah runs right into this widow, says, get me some water in the middle of a drought. And it's as she's going to get him water, he's like, bring me some bread. And she's like, bread? We don't have any bread. She's like, I got, I got a little flour and a little oil. Up. I'm, gonna, I'm getting these sticks. I'm going to make my one last loaf of bread. Me and my son are going to eat it. And that's all we have left. That's why he said, we're going to eat it. And then we're going to die. See, this crisis now without the rain. I mean, there's a spiritual crisis in the land, right? And now you have this drought that is over the entire region and people are starving. And this woman is preparing to eat her last meal with her son. And she's like, it's over. This is the end of it. But then listen to what Elijah says. Verse 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. 
but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. Verse 14, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. This is such a crazy happening because he says to her, listen, this is what I want you to do. Go do what you said. But instead of making the loaf for you and your son, make it for me first. And then make some for you and your son. And if you do that, the one portion of flour that you have left, the one little bit of oil that you have left, it's never going to run out. Now, at that moment, right there, this woman has two choices. She could ignore Elijah, go eat her last meal with her son and die. Or she can trust the word of the Lord through this prophet. Go give him the cake first and then make some for her and her son and hope that this prophet isn't lying to her. But what does she do? She trusts. And she trusts in such a way that she is moved to self-sacrificial generosity. She knows she's got one portion left, but she's going to give it to the prophet first. And my friends, trust is exercised by generosity. You know, we often think I'll be generous when I have an abundance. What if I told you that generosity leads to an awareness of abundance? See, we so often want to say to ourselves, listen, I'll do this when I feel comfortable doing it, but self-sacrificial generosity is never comfortable. This woman is trusting God by giving the last portion of what she has to a prophet who just showed up from out of town, trusting that God's going to do something. And of course, this reminds me of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 8. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. You know, it'd be so easy in the midst of this crisis for this woman to say, listen, man, it's a drought. There's no food. There's going to be no more flour. There's no oil. I'm not going to give you anything. But the beauty is, is that she is giving, trusting the Lord. She's a cheerful giver. And, and she realizes that as she's sowing, that God's going to take care of her somehow, right? And of course, I love this because as what we just read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the reason a person can be generous and function in generosity is because they're really just trusting God. They're not trusting that they're going to come up with more. They're trusting in the God who is able to make all grace abound toward us that us always having all sufficiency in all things will always have an abundance for every good work. See, she's taking God at his word. I'm always reminded of somebody giving out of their lack. Of course, the widow with her two mites. Jesus was there with his disciples watching people give generously in, in, in the temple. And he saw this one woman, she just gave a little bit, two mites. And Jesus commended her because everybody else gave out of their abundance. She gave out of her lack. She gave trusting. 
And you know, I think that in times of crisis, it's all too easy to not trust because you see the crisis around us. But of course, here we have another beautiful example of how we can choose to activate our faith. Let me ask you a question. How are you doing with your own generosity? Your giving of your resources, your financial generosities. Can, can I challenge you? And this is not about crossroads. This is about us trusting the Lord. If you're not generous at all financially, can you move from nothing to something? Simple step of faith. Right now you're doing nothing. Can you just do something? If right now you're giving sporadically, a little here, a little here. Will you move from something to systematically, regularly? Will you just take that step from, I do it every once in a while, to now I'm going to give every time I get paid. And if you're giving systematically, will you move towards self-sacrificial giving? Where with each, even though you give, yet you keep upping what you give. Because really what you're doing is you're, you're trusting God. And what I think people find with you'll take that step from nothing to something and something to systematic and systematic to, to self-sacrificial, that your trust in God grows as you do that because now you're stepping on out and you're watching how God provides just like this widow is going to do. She's going to trust the word of this prophet that God is going to provide. And notice what it says. God indeed does provide. Because look at what it says about what she did. It says, verse 15, and she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Wow. Now I know someone's about to say, how is that possible? And I'm here to tell you, with people it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. God is able to make his abundance abound in our lives. And I I just fear that for many of us, especially in our current crises, we don't trust the Lord because we're not ever exercising our faith and generosity. And we never actually put ourselves into a situation where we trust God. And many people who have taken those steps have those testimonies of when they got a bill in and then they, and they gave a gift to the Lord. And, and they're like praying, like, Lord, I just gave all the rest of the money I had to you. And, and look at what's happening. Like, how am I going to pay this bill? And then God provides. And then like, oh my gosh, I can't believe God just provided in that way. No, no, he said he was going to do that. So in the midst of this crisis, this widow is trusting God and God is moving. Now look at what happens next. Verse 17 of 1 Kings 17. It says, now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance? And to kill my son? Now listen, what we learn here is that tragedy challenges our trust. Tragedy challenges our our trust. because So this woman, she has experienced the miraculous hand of God, right? Her and her son did not eat their last meal. They've been around for a while. But then sure enough, as time goes by, we find out that the son of this woman, he becomes sick. And the sickness was so serious that there's no breath left in him, that he died. And at this point, her tragedy now shakes her trust in the Lord to its core. She said to Elijah, 
What have I to do with you, man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and kill my son? See, all that has gone on before this moment, because of this tragedy that has happened, now all of a sudden, her trust is shaken. And listen, unfortunately for many of us, this has happened. Where you were walking and you were walking strong with the Lord and God was doing a work and then all of a sudden some tragedy hits and your trust gets shaken. And listen, if that's you, listen, first, I just want to say, I am so sorry for what's happened. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I haven't lived such a, a sheltered life that I don't, I don't know what tragedy is either. I've had horrible things happen. But here's what I want to tell you. God is still trustworthy, even in tragedy. And God is still working, even in tragedy. God hasn't stopped working. And oftentimes in tragedy, we forget All that God has already done and all we can focus on is the present hurt. And that hurt is real. I mean, and and if you're, and if you're here today, listen, and and you've got, you've had tragedy, reach on out to us here at Crossroads. Talk to our chaplains. Call on in. You know, we have, we have some amazing grief shared, different ministries that we run here. If there's been a tragedy, because we want to walk you through it. We realize that the stages of grief are messy. It's not easy, but it's not the end of the story either. And of course, In Jesus' own ministry, we see this. Listen to what happened to Mary and Martha at the death of their brother Lazarus. This is John chapter 11, verses 21 to 26. It says, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give to you. And and Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And, and Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I mean, what a tragedy. I mean, if you remember that story from John chapter 11, they called for Jesus because Lazarus, who Jesus loved, was very, very sick. And Jesus delayed on purpose. He didn't go. And by the time he gets there, they're already mourning and weeping. Lazarus has already been buried. And and, and they're so upset. They're like, Jesus, if you had just been here, this wouldn't have happened. And Jesus reminds them, listen. This life is not all there is. And and it's an important reminder in times of tragedy that, listen, the Bible says that, God, we need you to teach us to number our days, that we might incline our hearts to wisdom. All of us have a a set number of breaths here, a set number. And we don't want to make them happen quicker, but we realize that this life is not all there is. And Jesus said himself, I love it so much. He's like, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, He shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he says, do you believe this? And I ask you, my friend, do you believe this? Whatever tragedy you're going through, whatever loss that you're grieving right now, whatever has happened that has shaken your trust in Jesus to the core, do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection, the life, and that this life is not all that there is? You know, sometimes people used to say, and it was real popular for all, YOLO, you know, hashtag YOLO, you only live once. Listen, you only die once. Trust plays a major role in your walk with the Lord. Your willingness to say yes to Jesus is directly related to how much you trust Him. As you saw in the widow's example, trust is demonstrated in radical generosity. 
This woman believed that the God of Israel could do what Elijah said he would do as she stepped out in faith, giving what she had. Pastor Daniel challenged you to consider how you, out of your trust for the Lord, can take a step of faith and give more than you have before. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, you can, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances of your life. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share that you can trust God because he can raise the dead. And if he can do that, God is big enough to handle anything you're going through. Elijah knew that God could bring the widow's son back to life. You'll see that he was persistent in prayer, waiting for the Lord to work in miraculous ways for the sake of this family. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Crisis. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.